the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline, precisely February 1st, 2021. And I'd love to say a beautiful day in the Bay and, uh, and trust that you are okay today. I really do. I really do. But the weather is starting to uh, to cave in on us a bit. I'm not really aware of the report, but it looks like looks like the clouds are gathering here in sunny California over our head, ready to deluge us once again with uh, that coveted H2O that we need so badly, not only here in the Bay Area, but around the world. We are presently 32 days into the new year. And in many ways, we are in the midst of, still in the midst of 2020 in terms of the vast controls over our lives and our bodies and increasingly over our minds. This is why when you begin to analyze the data concerning its impact psychologically and emotionally, uh, it doesn't look good. It's foreboding. And many people are having a hard time having to do that which fundamentally is not designed for us biologically. We should be out. We should be engaged. We should be, if you were wayfaring, we should be uh, meandering and going about. That's the way you have a healthy society. And uh, and we are doing the exact opposite of that. And it's having our having this impact on our minds and our hearts from older people all the way down to young people. It's really, really a scary type of reality and forecast in front of us in that regards, ladies and gentlemen. And, and you know what? If, if you're wondering whether or not what I'm saying is making sense, just think about the impact upon your kids, the young adults, even the middle-aged adults. Statistics are certainly saying that, um, uh, you know, depression and anxiety and a number of uh, extreme uh, psychological maladies are uh, emerging and becoming very problematic in our nation because of the uh, the governmental uh, strategy relative to COVID-19. Um, you know, all I can say is that you and I need to actually find that fundamental remedy by which we can actually deal with no matter what kind of forecast comes our way. And that is the valiant, clear, decisive conversation that takes place, which according to the word of God is like a medicine. And what I'm talking about are the promises of God, not the promises of God that doesn't actually face reality, but the promises of God that actually tells you how to overcome the challenges that reality brings. You probably remember Proverbs chapter three, verse five through eight, trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. How many of you out there right now don't have a clear path? You don't have a clear way out. 
you're not clear in terms of the trajectory of the future for the next six months or a year, and certainly not extending beyond that because at the present, it seems like our world is going to tell us how we are going to behave and what we're going to do and when we're going to go and when we are not and how we're going to get there. And yet the proverb says, if you and I do not lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge the Lord uh, in all of our ways, not some, he will make our path straight. He will direct our path. He will give us instruction. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't lean on your own understanding. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that means don't put your trust in man. Proverbs 17, 5 is so clear. Woe unto him that trusteth in the flesh, that maketh the flesh his strength or his arm are the one, are those upon whom he depends. Don't do that. Uh, fear the Lord, reverence him, and turn away from evil. And notice what, what God says will occur. This reverence for God, leaning upon God, calling upon God, trusting God, asking him to direct you every day. Very simple deed, quite frankly. Very simple. It's just a matter of being humble enough to know that you didn't make the world. You don't control the world. You don't run the world. And uh, you need to be able to get guidance from the one who does. He says, it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Now, Solomon talked about the healing of the body a lot. And he talked about the correlation between the body being able to be healed and the word of God. And that is so desperately needed today. The word of God to be able to speak into our souls at a deep level to which it can heal us of a lot of the spiritual and emotional and psychological tumors and, and, uh, and, and, and maladies that we are internally experiencing. Here's another one, Proverbs 12, 8. You may not have heard this before, but this is a good word too. And I'm praying that the Spirit of God would grant it for healing to you as well. There is one who speaks rashly. This individual doesn't actually care about the facts. He just blurts them out, like the thrusting of a sword. Like when you take a sword and thrust it through, you just rush and do it. And there are those who do that. They just rush out with their opinions. Uh, but the tongue of the wise... The tongue of the wise. Now, the opposite of the wise and op uh, 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 of the uh, rash is that the wise study to answer. The wise engage in a kind of preparation, ladies and gentlemen, so that by the time they finish their discourse or conversation with you, you are more informed and possibly even edified. And so there is one who speaks rashly like the thrusting of a sword that doesn't care about people's actual welfare. And then there's the one whose tongue is wise and it brings, listen to what God says, it brings healing. It brings healing. Truthful lips will continue forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise these evil. You better be careful about that. They don't mean what they say and they don't say what they mean and what they intend for to occur in our lives is not what we are hearing from them. But the counselors of peace, men and women who understand the ways of God will have joy, will have joy. And we know that right now, a lot of people are not experiencing the joy of the Lord. We know a lot of people are not experiencing the freedom that's in Christ. And we know that a lot of people are not enjoying uh, if you will, obedience in the context of, of being able to walk with God and commune with God and fellowship with God and do what God wants us to do because we're impeded. We're not meant to be that way. So optimism is lost. 
Oh, how the enemy works. Here's another proverb, Proverbs 13, 7. But a wicked messenger falls into adversity. However, a faithful messenger will bring healing, will bring healing. And then finally, here's another proverb around the healing nature of the word and the messenger of the word. Proverbs 16, 24 says, gracious words are the words of grace, are like a honeycomb. They're sweet. And they are sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. I hope that those Proverbs were kind of, they'll be kind of a, a, a healing bomb, a, a beginning conversation for you and me over the next couple of uh, hours. And I do want to uh, encourage you on, on these thoughts in a couple of weeks. We will be gathering uh, spending some time, a couple of hours, blessing our sisters, our our women, our our daughters, uh, with a word from God that I really believe is going to be relevant for those of you who are uh, our sisterhood out there, our friends of Grace and Hayward. Uh, we're going to be having a Daughters of Grace uh, convention, that's how we call it, or a meeting, or a, a time of gathering on February 13th. Uh, two weeks uh, from now, to not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. So mark that on your calendar. The title of this particular gathering is going to be Faith Over Fear. Faith Over Fear. And we want to talk about um, what God says you are in his eyes, who you are in God's eyes, what you are in his eyes, what you have in God's eyes, and what you do. Four things we want to unpack from God's standpoint— as to what the women of God and the word of God are beautiful concept coming out of Proverbs 31. You've heard it before, but uh, we certainly want you to be encouraged by God's testimony of who you are and especially the characteristics that so clearly lay out in Proverbs 31, how this woman is actually able to deal with adversity and you and I must admit we're dealing with some adverse times today. Listen to what God says about her before we go to the break. Proverbs 13, uh, Proverbs 31, verse 14 through 21. God says you are like a merchant ship. Now, we want to unpack that and talk about what it means to be a merchant, merchant ship, because a merchant ship is not stuck. It knows how to move. It knows how to travel. In fact, a merchant ship travels in order to traffic in relationships with people in order to impart into people's lives things that people need. And this is what God says you are. You are like a merchant ship. And she brings her food from afar. And she rises while it is night and gives food to her household. Notice what she does. She's not only a ship that travels afar to meet the needs of hungry souls, but she rises up even when it's night to actually meet the needs of her own household. Uh, Solomon has a lot of wonderful, magnificent attributions to share about our sisters. And these are some of the things we want to unpack on the 13th, just to bring encouragement, just to bring insight, just to tool you up, tool you up, ladies. Uh, bolster your faith. Strengthen your inner man with all might encourage you not, not, not to uh, also mention just some rich worship around singing and praising God that uh, we plan on bringing to the table as well, just to stir you up. It's going to be a time of gathering on February 13th, Daughters of Grace. 
uh, Faith Over Fear, our topic. You want to come, you want to be there, you want to gather, you want to enjoy the pouring down of the Spirit in the blessing of the Word, in the blessing of praise, in the blessing of the gathering of the sisterhood around the Bay Area, Grace Bible Church in Hayward, uh, two weeks from now. We'll talk more about it as well um, on uh, next Monday. But we're going to take a break now. The number is one 329 If you want to call and join the forthcoming conversation, you might do so at this number. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Yes, indeed, we are back on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you want to join the conversation, two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Encouraging our sisters to come on out on February thirteenth, one day before what they call Valentine's Day, the day of love. And I'll tell you, February thirteenth will be a day of love for all of us who are called the bride of Christ, because we'll get a chance to see what we look like through the lens of his own word, his own encouragement, his own wooing and exhortation of who we are, what we are, what we have, and what we do for his glory, even in difficult and dark times. You definitely want to be there. Faith over fear is really just addressing what we know as the maniacal demonic attack that's taking place on a larger spiritual and cosmic level in our world because we are uh, dealing with a kind of captivity that has the tendency to actually cause people to go negative, go depression, go anxiety, go fear, go doubt, go impedance in all of the uh, go suspicion and, and, and go terror and go, uh, you know, confusion and chaos, all of that stuff, according to James chapter three, is not good, not good. And we want to be able to actually inoculate ourselves. In fact, we want a vaccine, a spiritual vaccine against a lot of this stuff that's going on this year in 2021 so that we can be healthy, we can be whole, and we can be helpful to our communities. Healthy, whole, and helpful to our community is the reason why we're being proactive on a number of levels at Grace Bible Church in Hayward, and we certainly are uh, seeking to do that. Let's go to line number one and talk with James from the Bay on line one. James, are you there, my brother? Yeah, how you doing, Dustin? Good. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling pretty good. You do ups and downs, but, you know, we just keep on bouncing back. Uh, indeed, indeed. I didn't catch your, yeah, I didn't catch your, uh, your opening dialogue because I was trying to do it on the internet and it wasn't, uh, wasn't working. Wasn't coming out. Yeah, no, I, I, right. I just opened up basically talking about where we are this year and how we need to, uh, need to be encouraging. And I, we're having a, uh, uh, we've been doing a number of things, uh, 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 James, uh, as you know, since the beginning of COVID. First of all, what we did was we hung in there, man, because there's a lot of information that is just nothing but misinformation and disinformation around the propaganda inherent in a lot of what's going on. You and I already know that you've been part of the program at length, and we've kind of deciphered some of that. And so what Grace has done in Hayward <laughs> is... Uh, we we initially shut down because we heard the noise and then we opened back up and we've been open up ever since with both inside and outside services 
for for you know uh, the better part of the whole year of 2020 and what we recognize coming into 2021 and this probably is going to be the theme of this hour subject is how that people have and particularly Christians have been conditioned by this overarching uh, secular mandate in such a way that it has impeded our walk with Christ on so many levels in terms of healthy worship, consistent worship, visible and physical worship, where we can um, uh, stronger relationships, engagements with people in terms of gathering together and encouraging one another and building one another up. And we're hearing about the fallout in marriages and the fallout in young people and the increased depression. And sadly, and I'm dealing with some of that increased um, suicides. Man, this is a situation where the body of Christ, true believers can't stick their head in, sand, in the sand and act like it doesn't exist. So what we did, uh, and you probably know this, man, we came out with a bang here in uh, 2021 and we opened up our doors and had some outstanding events and we gathered together with our men, we gathered together with our youth, we're gathering together in two weeks with our women just to kind of get at it. Of course, we're being wise and prudent with some of these things because we know that uh, the the uh, virus is real, but what we know is also a lie is the propaganda behind it. So we're encouraging our women, man, to kind of come on out and, and hear the word of God that's gonna speak specifically to their soul needs. Our women are under attack, not only in terms of this, this kind of uh, overarching environmental thing called, uh, called uh, COVID, but man, with this new Equality Act out on the scene from this present administration around transgenderism, we know that we're in a formidable battle to preserve the organic, divinely made female uh, in her proper uh, position and right to exist free of being told what it means to be a woman by a man or by men so as to demolish the uniqueness of her calling as a woman. This is a massive battle that our women are going to be fighting and our young women are fighting it already, man. So this is what's on my heart. That, that having been said, what's on your heart today? No, I agree. You know, I've been tracking with, you know, I've been tracking with, you know, with, you know, with your ministry you know, as much as possible. Okay. And I appreciate the fact that you've taken the, you know, the bull by the horns, you know, in the ministry out there at Grace. Yeah, man. Kept the doors open. And uh, I just would if more of our churches would do that. You know, of course, yeah. you know, we're over in Contra Costa County and, you know, we're challenged, you know, a bit with the space, you know, we have, you know, but we've true, gone outside, true. we've gone inside. But at the end of the day, there's no substitute no replacement, especially at a time such as this. You know, it's, it's interesting to me that I know certain pastors that have the space and the capacity that are basically not doing anything. And, and as a matter of fact, I've heard that one pastor, I don't know, you probably know, has kind of stepped away to be with his family. It would seem like this is the time to be at the forefront of the battle because you know, we need it now. You know, everything and everyone is under attack. And yep. we can't retreat. We have to take, we have to take the offense. Agree. Uh, and you're right. You're right that there are big ministries. I was watching uh, Glad Tidings uh, last night. Just let me look over here and see what all these folks who really be talking about walking by faith are doing. I mean, you know, for years we be, we, we've heard from our Pentecostal brethren talking about how to believe God and how to trust God and how to. And man, I'm looking and he's speaking to an absolutely empty building. 
I'm like, what? And you know how big, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Glad Times is not as big as Axe in terms of the building, but it, it's a formidable size that if they wanted to do a strategic uh, gathering where they would keep up some social distancing, they certainly could do it in-house, and it would be significantly better than this online stuff. It's just not healthy at all. So to your point, man. Yeah, so we just have to keep on praying. Hopefully, you know, they get it. I mean, to me, you know, you're setting, a, you know, a great example, you know, for the body of Christ in Alameda County, and I just pray that that spreads, you know, yeah. throughout the county and, you know, and over to Contra Costa County because then this can be done. I mean, I agree. I mean, like I said, we, we, we've been talking, you know, you know, back and forth in class about this being sort of a, a separated from the wheat and the tear and how, you know, certain churches are not going to come back from this. Maybe certain ones don't want to come back from this. And some of them are believing the propaganda. Some of them believe in the hype. Some of them are not going there doing their, you know, doing their homework. Right. You know, I'm constantly hearing uh, where well, we, we're following the guidelines of the CDC, in which we should. But then we have to start using what the Lord has given us. Amen. Common sense. We, we must do that. We, you know, we need to be back. We, we need to be back in worship. We need to be back teaching, like you said, with your program yes, uh, yep. next week. And our sisters need it. The brothers need it. Our children yep. need it. You know, we all yep. need it. So, you know, I just it's want really to true. It's it's really true. And the sad thing I already know because people are calling me now to help with churches that are collapsing and falling apart. What I hear is San Francisco is almost completely uh, emasculated, completely dead when it comes to worship. And there are our congregations now who are looking for pastors to even just do Zoom meetings with them because they, they just can't get the muster up the uh, attitude or courage uh, to get inside the buildings. This is strategic on the part of the enemy. And it's really a sad thing to see how easy um, congregations are toppling all over the place. But like you said, we'll keep it moving. We'll press toward the mark. We'll try to be a benchmark for letting uh, letting the, the body of Christ know that we're dealing with um, uh, realities that are basically um, uh, Trojan horsed by lies. And if one would just simply uh, test the water of believing God, they would see God come through and show them that it's true. It's not all that that is being made out to be. And the blessing, anytime we come together for a minute with the people of God on a physical level, boy, how it buoys up our faith and strengthens us. And so we're addicted to it at Grace, man. We're addicted to it. We're watching all the signs. We're careful, but we are addicted to the gathering and the fellowship and so thankful that God granted us grace not to collapse because it's so true. Is there anything else you want to holler at me about before we take a break that we can carry over into the uh, next segment? Not right now. I'll probably hit you on the email. <laughs> okay, cool, man. Uh, yeah, holler at my boy and uh, tell him I said hello. And uh, I'm going to try to pass the word on to him. Maybe Carmel will get it to him to holler at those sisters over there. If they need a word of encouragement, come on out. We want to pour into them and strengthen them because I know they're getting at it with you guys over there in Antioch. But uh, if, they, if they just want to hear a word for the sisters, I got one for February 13th. Bless you, my brother. We'll talk to you later. I've got to take a hard break. When I come back, we'll continue uh, with this Monday edition of Lifeline. One line open, no, two, one 367 5329 one 367 5329 We'll be right back. 
And we are back. The time is 537 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me go to line number one and talk with Craig in Castro Valley. Craig, are you there? Yes, sir. Craig, do I yeah. sound like a malfunctioning transhumanist to you? No, not at all. Am I clear? Yeah, well, uh, it's probably the, the yeah the radio station is not as clear as it normally is. Oh, you mean in terms of the signal? Probably you're you're absolutely right. KFAX is weird. They don't pick up as clearly in certain areas as they should. The the signal sometimes can be clear in Washington uh, and Oregon, even clearer there than here in the Bay Area, particularly when you have a uh, a weather system coming in. But if I don't sound like a, a, a malfunctioning transhumanist, like one of our dear brethren just text me and let me know. I, I said, let me confirm this with Craig. So if I, I sound uh, like a human, because I'm going to fight. So I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you if you were or not. <laughs> I know we're going to have to work on that definition. A malfunctioning. I'll get my computer and Google that. <laughs> All right, and then you make sure you tell our deacon uh, what that actually means. So what's going on? What's on your mind, man? I'm calling because I'm asking for prayer. I can't wait till tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> okay, what's I, up? I heard you. Did you drop on me? She for a week, a nervous break. Okay, so you dropping on me, Craig. Are you moving? Huh? Are you moving? Because you just dropped on me so much of what you said, I couldn't hear. Oh, no, I'm I'm parked. I'm sitting right here in the parking lot. Okay, uh, repeat what you said. My niece, she's yeah. 17 years old, senior in high school. Yeah, she had a yeah. mental breakdown. She's at UCLA Hospital. Um, she's manic. Uh, they're panicking. They don't know what to do. So my sister called me and asked, you know, put her on the prayer request. So... Um, I think that has a lot to do with the topic tonight, you know, because um, it does, Craig. It does in so many ways. I mean, I the 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 getting ready to go to college, be able to go out the house, right? I know, and hang with your friends and and go visit colleges, and so I don't really know a lot of the details, but um, I just wanted to put that out on the air for all the people listening and pray for my niece, Sayla. Uh, her and name is Kayla. Sayla. Sayla. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, as soon as you text me with that, or you email me, yeah, I, I got at it because we're dealing with that across the board. And you're right, man. This is stuff that's going on uh, with young people a lot. And and uh, in fact, I was talking to one of our dear professional sisters. Um, about doing a class on that, and I'm, and she's already been doing these all, all around, and so I'm hoping that we can do this in the next several weeks. If if we do, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big, a big, big pro, uh, project because um, we need to actually know how to handle this because it's it's actually becoming. She already said that this is is almost an epidemic relative to our young people. Yeah opting opting out and, and losing their minds so for real man for real we'll get at it and then we will uh and then the other it, thing i wanted to say is uh the blessing in it because um you know me yeah other people don't might not but just a couple of weeks a month ago i think it was like september i was talking to my sister and she said something about, i'm about to go listen to td jakes and i was like oh girl don't waste your time listening to that fool 
And she called me first, the first one in the family to ask to pray. It just, it just made, it just got at work because I know the way how I was talking, we were going at it. I didn't think she would ever want to talk to me about church or the Bible again. Right. You know what? This is why we keep, this is why we keep doing what we do. And people don't like to be told the truth, particularly, and I've already said it over the course of this uh, 2020, you heard me. It's easier to undeceive people than to deceive them for the first time. And that's why I'm not surprised that your, 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 your cousin caught you. Because once we warn people about false doctrine, false teaching, man-centered, uh, self-centered, narcissistic teaching, uh, and, 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 and share with them what it means to hear the gospel of the grace of God in Christ, if they have to go through the hard reality of, of, of the lesson, they, they appreciate it later. So sometimes telling the truth up front is just the best way to go. And I'm glad she called you. And she, you can let her know she's going to have hundreds, if not thousands, of people praying for her, for sure. Hundreds, if not thousands. So uh, keep the faith, my brother. Keep the faith. Okay, I will. All right, bless you. Let me go to line number... Um, Four and talk with Kiana in San Leandro. Line number four, Kiana. Kiana, are you there? Yes. Hi, um, Pastor Jesse. How are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Good. Do I sound like a dysfunctional transhumanist to you? No. You just sound okay. like you're in an empty hall with an echo. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, so you know the difference between an empty hall, hall with an echo and a dysfunctional transhumanist, right? You do know the difference. I'm yeah, messing with you. I'm messing different. with you. I'm messing <laughs> with you, girl. <laughs> What's up? I was calling because I was calling to find out if you had heard about the fact that Black Lives Matters was um, nominated for a uh, Nobel Peace Prize, and I'm just like, wow. I have not. I have not heard that. Have you heard that? Yes, I was just like. On somebody what? Put, on what? Somebody put it on, on my on, timeline. I was just like, I, I can't I believe it until like, I see. Ooh. I was just like, there are so many more deserving people mm -hmm. to receive such an award, and that's not them. Exactly. I don't know. Let's let's look for um, legitimate news lines that would affirm that. But if that's the case, then we see them cow cow towing to um, uh, we see the government uh, that the Biden administration cow towing. I don't know if that's true though because they are so controversially viewed now, and a lot of them, a lot of the BLMers have actually abandoned their post and have started coming over into the reasonable side. I was watching a, a young lady today her name is Brittany something i forget her last name but uh she got clarity and and realized that this movement was absolutely uh, hijacked by an agenda that was not at all healthy and so they're coming out some of them are coming out which is a good thing but let's let let's uh confirm uh affirm this this notion and once we affirm it we can have a conversation about it is there anything else you want to talk about um, I think that that was it, because when I saw it on the news, but I saw it on the news before I seen it on my timeline. I said, I'm going to call Pastor Jesse and ask him, do he know about this nonsense? Mm 
Mm-mm, I don't, but as soon as I find out and I kind of get a look into who did it or who's recommending, who's nominating them, then we'll have a conversation about it because all that would simply mean uh, Kiana, is that as God's word said in Isaiah 10, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, it exactly. will not go well with them. And so uh, when we find out, I'll let you know. Okay, thank you so much. I just All wanted right. to call though and see that. But when it comes out, we'll, you'll, you can, I'll call back or you can give your commentary. <laughs> and then if you, I hear you, I'll call back. Amen. Amen. Bless you, sister. Okay, We've got to take a hard break. Um, let me see here. One line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I sound like I'm in a hall because I am kind of in a hall in my uh, palatial uh, dining room here in the uh, Castro Valley region of the world. Uh, but uh, a, a malfunctioning transhumanist, I want to work on that because if there is some correlation between that and this, then we want to resolve that as soon as we can because I am anti-transhumanist and I hope you are too. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Again, one line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'll be right back. And we are back. The time is 5.50 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number four and talk with Sarah in San Leandro. Sarah, are you there? Hi. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. What's your thoughts? So I was just calling to confirm the last call, the young lady. I was watching Good Morning America, and it flashed this morning on the ticker tape on the bottom. I was so disheartened when I saw that. So I just wanted to confirm um, that I do believe that's true about the Black Lives Matter. Right, right. I'll, I'll look into it because what, what I would want to do is know, you know, who's doing the recommendation for the Nobel Peace Prize and where is that recommendation coming from, particularly with regards to the present administration, because what you're going to see happening if people don't know, Sarah, uh-huh. is, you know, because of the swing from left to right, the swing from Trump to Biden now, all of the uh, protests and arguments and everything that came from the from from the left uh, over the last year and a half, uh, it's going to be a piling on uh, of that kind of narrative. So yeah, everything that is you know pro uh, transgender, pro you know Black Lives Matter, all that's going to be said to be very very good, uh, and we're just going to have to deal with a lot of that because it's going to be coming out of that uh, Biden administration. So I want to confirm that so we can have an intelligent conversation going forward. Because imagine right. if this is true. Imagine right. if this is true, how it will impact our kids who don't necessarily agree right. with that in schools. Because a lot of this conversation right. is going to be in middle school, high school, and college. And, and it's yeah. just going to be a hard battle to have to say I disagree. Right, right. I have my 13-year-old daughter, we're in the, um, granddaughter, in the car right now. And so she hears this and I talk to her about it all the time, but it is, it's um, really disheartening because I said it just gives that voice more power and um, so. You are exactly right about that. And you're doing a great job with your granddaughter too, because you're catching them where they are uh, not just vulnerable, but but really open to, to information and data. And I'm so glad that we are like over on the other side of 20 
20 because we actually have enough information. If you wanted to sit down for one hour with your daughter, you could go through the history of Black Lives Matter because it's all there. You could go into the pagan worship. You can go into the whole thing about, you know, um, transgender and, and uh, you know, the hyper-lesbian lifestyle, the anti-biblical worldview. You, all that's there now that you can help your d granddaughter to understand why uh, grandma and many of us who are grandparents, as am I, don't agree with that approach. Right, right. No, it's, it's really sad. I have to just keep reminding myself that um, Christ is more powerful because this stuff is so disheartening and yeah. I was telling my husband this morning that I, I just started to get down, but I want to just keep stay up, you know, just to stay up. And, Amen. And, Amen. and you know what I'm going to do before I go to the break? I am going to invite you personally and your granddaughter to our Daughters of Grace gathering on February 13th. We're doing this particularly to encourage our sisters um, at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. I don't know if you're local, but um, yeah. uh, we are, we're having a Daughters of Grace event called Faith Over Fear. And we really do want to not only build them up in the gospel, but to actually address the challenges and talk about testimonies. So it's gonna be a really, really helpful time in terms of uh, being exposed to good data, good information, and the experiences of our young, young women and older women over the year 2020. Uh, so if, you're, if you are available, we'd love to, love to have you out, Sister Sarah. What, and what time is it? It's going to be from uh, 10 o'clock in the morning till about uh, 1, 1 p.m. maybe. Uh, we generally get done about 1230. Uh, just a time of gathering sisters from all over the Bay Area uh, and as well as our local church in Hayward. Have you ever been to uh, Grace? Not since you guys moved, but when you were near the Sizzler on Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think you... I've been to the, to the new church. Yeah, well, uh, pray about it. And see if you, we got a really we got a really big assembly, so it's a lot of room. Uh, and and pray about it. If if you can't make it and you can watch it online, you want to do this because I really think I have a message to encourage our our sisters on how to navigate what's coming down the pike, particularly with a lot of this transgender stuff down the line. And then also we're just dealing with a lot of. Uh, depression, a lot of uh, emotional yeah. confusion and anxiety, oh, and we want to just uh, encourage them. I will, and I just want, you know, I really appreciate you. I grow and I learn a lot from you, and I've been radio for a long, long time. And thank you very much for that. I, I try to be, they, they have, whoever did the advertisement, they talked about me being a, a, a community organizer and an inspirational uh -huh. pastor on the, I, didn't, uh -huh. I did not write that. I didn't write that seven <laughs> years ago, but I, I, they, you know that Sarah, they wrote that in the era when Obama was running for president and it was one of his titles, community organizer, oh, I, you know. Wow. <laughs> I might be a spiritual community organizer, but I, I, I'm not one of them. But you've been around long enough to hear me, so you know you know how I teach, yeah. and I'm just really wanting to help people get grounded in God's Word. So thank you for the call. Uh, we'll check into that and unpack that for sure and try to have some fun uh, sitting on the truth over against the lie. And let me see. I got a little time before I go. Go. Let's go to line number three and talk with Travis in Berkeley. Line number three, Travis in Berkeley. Are you there? Is Travis there on line number three? 
Yes, hello, Pastor Jesse. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, I wanted to let you know, yes, you do sound like that, but it's a problem with uh, KFAX live streams. It's been happening since <laughs> earlier today. So, so Travis, you and Steven know what a dysfunctional transhumanist sound like? Well, I, I, I understand what he meant by that, because it's like okay. it's, the way that it's like breaking up, it sounds like right. that it could be that. It could be interpreted okay. as that. But okay, that's like cool. Say, it's a problem with KFAX live stream. It's been happening since earlier today. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Thank you. There you go. I, I told him it might be something like that, but I'm just still tripping on the definition. What you up to, man? Uh, so I have a question concerning God's will. Uh, yeah. Is it possible that God can allow something to happen that's not his will? Yes, like, sir. Particularly, can God allow something bad to happen that's not yes, his sir. will? And yes, sir. And if he sir. does allow it to happen, wouldn't that still consider it being his will because he allowed it? Yes, sir. So here's the thing that we have to always be careful of when we're talking about concepts. We have to always be careful that we are not giving a concept a singular dimensional interpretation. So this is a great classical question that theology would um, be able to begin to answer if your professors are worth their uh, weight uh, in, in, uh, in learning and understanding some of the multifaceted nature of theological truth. So when we talk about the, um, the, uh, the will of God, the will of God, we must understand the will of God in multiple categories. For instance, because God is omniscient, and we affirm that, uh, there's nothing too hard for him. He knows all things. The Bible's clear. Shall he that giveth knowledge not know? There's nothing that God does not know. This is why the Bible says even the light and the darkness are the same with him. That means that God doesn't learn anything. He knows everything because he is omniscient. Uh, and therefore, there is nothing that occurs that is not in the larger uh, sense of his sovereign purpose allowed by God. There are aspects of God's will that he allows because he, he has chosen to implement within the larger scope of his will, disobedience and rebellion. This is why he gave law, because if he never meant for disobedience and rebellion to be a function of his revelation in terms of his mercy and his justice, in terms of his righteousness and his wrath, if he never meant to manifest the glory of those two sides of his redemptive nature, and they are, God is both holy and God is merciful. God is both uh, righteous and God is just. God is both kind and God also does not forgive iniquity. It is clear in Exodus 34 that God's two major attributes is justice and mercy, and they're both seen on the cross. You know this as well as I do. He nailed his son to the cross, which was his eternal will, counsel, volition, purpose, covenant, scheme, his statute, his mandate, his, his law, his imperative that Christ would die for our sins. This is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That was his eternal covenant uh, purpose that we call his, his redemptive will. But then he gave us also uh, 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 his, his, what is called his, his preceptive will. Uh, he gave us his preceptive will. That is to say, he gave you and I his law. And when his law says, you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he really means that. That's his preceptive will. 
So his preceptive will is designed for you and I to operate in response to him in obedience, but he knows according to his sovereign will, his sovereign knowledge, that you and I will disobey his preceptive will. I could build examples of that as we would do with our children. We will tell our children to do things that we know they won't do. We will tell our children to not do things that we know that they will do. And in the fact that we know that they will do it, we will have consequences for them. So God has consequences for us violating his preceptive will. So I'm going to give you three, four categories of will, if I can remember them, and we will uh, we, we can investigate this a little further. So there's no contradiction. God will tell you and I that the wages of sin is death. That's his preceptive will. But the Bible is clear that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That was God's sovereign redemptive will that he purposed before time. And so we'll have God's sovereign will. We'll have his redemptive will. We'll have his preceptive will, what the Bible has written out as his standard and his law by which you and I are to obey. When we violate his preceptive will, they will have eternal consequences if you and I don't come up under his redemptive will. So there are men and women who will experience God's redemptive will and go to glory because in our violation of his preceptive will, God was able to remedy that in his redemptive will in Christ. Those who go to glory and those who end up in hell because of their own rebellion and disobedience, all of that will be subsumed under God's sovereign will. So nothing in the universe occurs without it being part of God's sovereign overarching will, though there are other categories of his will by which he says those things should not be done or else. And that's the way you resolve what might be might appear to be contradictions in the scripture. Got to take a hard break. Great question, young theologian. Uh, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll answer your questions uh, uh, on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. 